We are going to conclude um, the series. What's the series? Let's try this again. What's the series? What a winning hand. And this series covers what? Stewardship. Stewardship. And stewardship has, stewardship deals with what? Time and your finances. Amen. All right. We, we got a few things now, don't we? We have a few things. Now, I'm going to conclude today. Uh, we're coming out of Matthew, the 13th chapter. And we covered that because Jesus is dealing with uh, stewardship here. And he's dealing with the things that hinder us from being all that we could be, being Christ-like. Amen? Amen. And um, we begin with the first verse in the 13th chapter of Matthew. But I'm going to start at the 18th verse to the 23rd verse, which covers the text the meat of the parable of the sower. This is the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. We're going to cover the 18th to 23rd verse in order to get the text. The text is basically the whole idea of what Jesus is trying to present to us. And we have been going through verse by verse. That's called expository preaching. Okay? That's not called excitement preaching. That's not called, you know, hey, a topic and, and never talk about the scripture. It is expository preaching, which br breaking down the verse and getting an understanding of what is being said. So when we go home, we have something to think about. Amen? Amen. So we're going to start here. Matthew, the 13th chapter, starting at the 18th verse. Jesus covers the parable starting with the first verse. Starting with the first verse, he gives it in the parable, but he explains the parable here in the 18th verse. 18th through the 20 verse, 23rd verse, he explains the parable. And here's how he explains it, starting with the 18th verse. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and what? This is the seed sown along the path. Now, just in case you didn't get it from the expository preaching, the path is representative of a hard heart. A hard heart. Verse 20. The one who receives the seed and fell on the rocky place is the man who's what? Keep going. Verse 21. But since...
Now, that is the person who is superficial. That's the superficial person who gets the word. All right. Now, verse 22. Now, this is the person that gets caught up with the worries of the world, get caught up with the wealth of the world, and also the pleasure of the world. Now, here we are. Verse 23. This is the word of God for the people, God. Let us all say what? Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. This is my close of the series. <clears throat> Jesus is um, Jesus is really not a popular guy. It may seem like it in today's world he's a popular guy for us who believe. But back there then he was not a popular guy. He was not a popular guy for this very reason here of his teaching and his preaching. Whether you want to really understand this or not, Jesus was put out of the church for this very thing of how he preached and teach. He was not a popular guy because he was telling them the right way to live. Most of us do not want anyone to tell us how to live. We do not want anyone to tell us how to run our homes, we don't want to, don't, don't, don't bother me, don't tell me nothing. You just take care of your business and leave mine alone. Look at the person next to you and tell them, do you understand? <laughs> Jesus was dealing with everyday people because he got kicked out of the church of church folk. So he's teaching, watch this. Everyday people, people who were not saved, people who were just heathens. He was teaching them how to live a godly life. These folk work every day like you and I. Amen. Amen. They worked every day like you and I, and he was teaching them. He was showing them how to live a kingdom life according to God. Now, there is a difference in living for God and living any way you want to live. Now, we live in a time that most people want to live how they want to live. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. But I want to tell you that's not true. And we can see that this is a great problem for us today because people are living the way they want to live today. They'll walk up in your house. Walk in your house, take your stuff, and dare you to say something in the broad daylight. We live in the wild, wild west now. They walk up to you in the quickest draw. That's the one that gets the winning. Nobody is safe in your car. Listen to me. 
When they start hijacking police cars, you know, you know we live in a serious time. We live in a time where it's your thing, you do what you want to do. And that's a result of living outside of the kingdom of God and the way God wants us to live. God has made this world for us to live in, and he expects us to live according to the morals and the ethics in which he has laid before us. So Jesus is teaching. Jesus is teaching the everyday folk how to live a kingdom life. And as you uh, read, he talks about some of the hindrances of you not receiving the understanding of the kingdom of God. He says some of us just have a hard heart. For all the reasons. You know, I, I, I was made to go to church when I was younger, and I didn't like going to church when I was younger. I, did, I hated it. I wanted to be in the hood like everybody else. I didn't like it for a while. So anything you said to me about church, I had a hard heart about it, but hey. Then he says there are people who are superficial. That might cover most of us in here. We have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And then he talks about the everyday cares that we run into. I mean, we worried, aren't we? We, we worried that the government would shut down. Yeah, well, y'all got quiet. Yes, well, we worried that the government would shut down. Amen. A lot of things are not happening right now. People are not getting paid. And that is a really legitimate worry that I'm not getting paid. <laughs> y'all getting quiet on me now. And you, you, I don't hear no worship now. And it affects a lot of people. Right? And, and, and Jesus says that can hinder you from receiving the kingdom of God. A lot of worry. We worry about our health. A amen. It seems like every time you go to the doctor, instead of you getting cured, they find something else wrong with you. And then they find something else wrong with you. And then they find out. And now when you had one doctor, you end up with 10. You worry about your kids going to school. It's a legitimate worry. Right? You're worried about your relationship. You're worried about your marriage. You're worried about your weight. A lot of y'all started out this year going at the same diet plan that you've been doing for the last six years. Same, you ain't changed nothing, but you're going to do better. That's the only thing you put on the internet. I'm going to try this diet again. I'm going to do better. Six years now, and you're still at the same weight. Plus, Jesus talked about a, a lot of words that we have that blocks us from receiving the kingdom. He talks about the riches. Who don't want to be rich? Every time I buy a lottery ticket, I just dream about what did I, what did I do with all these billions of dollars? Then he talks about the pleasure that hinders us. I mean, really, who don't want to lay back and relax? Who don't want the pleasures of life? How many times you sit back and thought, well, 
what will happen when I retire? I'm just going to lay back. I'm just going to be cool. I'm just going to enjoy myself. And the only problem with that is that when you think about, well, when I retire, I'm going to lay back and relax and, and enjoy myself, you go back to the first worry. I don't have no money. Jesus says all these things interfere with you receiving the kingdom of God, receiving how to live Christ-like, how to live Christ-like. And I thank God that I believe people are beginning to really understand when I say there's a difference between a Christian and a Christ-like person. I believe you really begin to understand, because at least you be telling me, well, you know, Pastor Hodor, I'm seeing now the difference between a Christian and a Christ-like. Some people say that you're splitting hairs. I, well, no, I'm not splitting hairs. But what I am splitting is how we act, what we do. And see, a Christian can do anything. Well, isn't that Christ-like? No, because a Christ-like person won't do anything. A Christ-like person will follow Christ. A Christian would do anything. So Jesus is saying, here's how to live according to God. And I'm here to teach you. So here in the 23rd verse, and I'll be quick. Jesus breaks things open for us. Notice what he says here. He says here, now... He said, now we're right here in the 23rd verse. He says, now after all of these other ones I have explained to you that brings hindrances to you receiving the teachings of my father that help you to live according to his way. He says, the one who receives, the one who receives, the one who receives. The seed that fell on good soil. Good soil. What is good soil? What is the seed? Well, let's keep going. Watch this. Is the man who, what? Hears the word and understands it. And from that, they produce, watch this. A harvest. Now, let's translate all this stuff. Let's translate all this stuff. Are you ready? You don't sound like it. Super Bowl ain't until two more weeks. So get off your phone with your grocery list, trying to figure out what you're going to pick up today. All right? Now, now by the way, you guys, I, I'm in, in, in the... Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious at this point, okay? Uh, you, you better tighten up. You, you, you better tighten up. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to give you some tips right now that I think you ought to hear and do. And I, I'm not chasing a rabbit. I'm just helping you understand the kingdom of God and what it means to understand, to hear, and to do in order to create a harvest. I don't know how many of you got saved pennies. I'm talking about pennies. 
you need to start with 1982 on down and hold them pennies. 1982 pennies and on down. You hold those pennies. Sometimes great wealth is right in front of you and you, you think so little of it. Now you're looking at me and say, why, Robert? Well, i tell you why. Real soon, they won't be able to find copper. And at that point, your little pennies that you've just been throwing away and laying around that is pure copper is going to be twice if you can just hold on to your pennies at least and pay your tithes in the cash money. Listen here, this is kingdom understanding. You know we're getting ready to hit a recession, right? You know half of this uh, about the wall is kind of like a, a little bit of a joke. You got to understand something is really getting ready to happen that you won't notice until it hits you, but I'm going to let you know right now. You will soon not have food stamps. They just don't want you to see the transaction. You will start getting food in boxes. And you won't have food stamps. Now, 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 don't, don't, don't get upset because you've been abusing food stamps for a long time. And, 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 and Obama been helping you for a while. But now we got, we got a Pharaoh to know not our God. And he's getting ready to shut it down. Now, you know what that means? That food you're going to get, you ain't going to like. You ain't going to like it. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be quick. So let me help you do something here. You need to be getting out there buying you some canned goods. Right now, why there is some left. And store it up. Because guess what? Guess what? It ain't going to be much food around once that start happening. You can take me for a joke if you want to. But you need to save up. Because guess what? For you guys who live under Section 8, I give it until first of next year. You out. Y'all think I'm playing with you. You out. You know what that means? There's going to be a whole lot of folks who don't have a place to stay. 
That's what they're doing behind the scenes. Why they trying to get you all caught up with the wall. And when the wall is over, you're going to find that you're going to find out that you can't get out anyhow. Now, why I'm saying this is because when Jesus teaches us about the kingdom of God, he talks about the things that hinder us from receiving the kingdom of God. But he says in the 23rd verse, to the man who listens, who hears, who listens, who listens, who listens. You see, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's interesting to, to watch kids now. To watch kids now because uh, um, I, I talk about Amaya a lot because it's just her and I now. It's just her and I. It's just, just her and I. So I'm, I'm, I have to pay attention to her because, uh, you know, how kids are. They, they, nevertheless, I'm talking to her about putting things up. You have kids like that that just seem like everywhere they go, that's what they leave right there. And you tell them, put that up, don't leave that there. And, and, and then you come back and they have left that there that you told them to put up. And then you tell them to put it up and they still playing on their switch. And you said, did you hear me? And they still playing on their switch. See, she heard me, but she wasn't listening. Because when you listen, there's something that happens about understanding. What you listen to. When you listen to something, it should cause something in your brain to go like, what is being said? When you come to church and listen to the songs and listen to the preacher preach, Something in your head ought to go, what is being said? Not just seeing a person's mouth move, but what is being said? Something ought to cause your mind to go, what? what? I'm listening to you. And, you know, here again, that, that's one of the major problems in relationships, whether you're married or not, is, is that you hear, but you don't listen. You hear, and you don't listen. Now, I'm not going to say that men are bad about listening because I come to find out women are, are just as bad. They're just as bad. But the issue is in relationship, you got to listen instead of just hear. You got to listen to what a person is saying and then begin to think about what is it that they're saying. You got to internalize what the word of God is saying to you. Watch when you hear it. When you leave this place from listening to the to watch the worship, something ought to say in you, what did I receive from listening to the word of God today? And if you walk out of here and say, Well, I didn't receive nothing. I just wish Pastor Holder would shut up and sit down. So Jesus said, Now those who listens 
Watch this. Watch this. Because he says, those who hear or listen receives the seed. Now, that was a metaphor. That was a metaphor. The seed was a metaphor back there, and most of the people back there understood what that meant. See, in translation, it means to teach. For those who receive the teaching, the teaching of the kingdom of God, for those who receive the teaching by listening, receive the teaching. Now, do you really understand this? Because one of the problems I'm finding in in and and uh, um, I hope they let me in. Uh, I hope they let me in the doctor's program um, at at the school because I applied, but I ain't heard nothing. I, I may I may not have good grades. I, I may I may not have good grades and, and wouldn't let me. In. I'm 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 trying to go and get my doctorate in a healthy church. Uh, that that's going to be my doctorate in, in you know what's a healthy healthy church a healthy church. But, 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 but listen, but, but listen, you got all kind of phases of church, and I'm not knocking anybody's church. I'm just saying, what is a healthy church? What is a healthy person? You know, what really is a healthy person? Because sometimes you, you can find people that looks like they're in the best of health. And all of a sudden, guess what happened? They died. And you ask yourself, well, how did they, they were, they were, they were eating beans and grain and they didn't eat no meat and they ran five miles every day. And how, how did that happen? And, and, and then they come to find out that they had clogged arteries. And you try to figure out how, how did someone have a clogged arteries and eating so well? Well, we realize now it, it ain't so much uh, what you think is healthy food. It's the food that really works with your body and your chemistry that makes a difference. You guys ought to know that, right? Because your blood type kind of tells you how you ought to be eating. You ain't listening to me, are you? Isn't this what Jesus is talking about? Those who listen and begin to say, well, what is he talking about? A healthy person a healthy church must be balanced in its diet. It can't be all, all, all excitement. And then when it comes to teaching, you want to go out and take a smoke. It can't be all preaching with gravy and no understanding of the word. It can't be just coming to church, doing nothing, and leaving. It must be balanced. What is a balanced church? What is a healthy church? And Jesus helps us understand this in the kingdom of God and understanding about listening, receiving, moving things out the way that hinders us from understanding how to be Christ-like. He says, for him who receives the teaching. So remove that word seed and say teaching. It fell upon good soul. What makes the soul good is that not only did they, watch this, listen, 
they also understood. You see, the hindrances will keep you from understanding the word of God. And when you listen to what God is telling us to do, you got to remove the things that hinder us so that we can understand. And Jesus says in his 23rd verse, he that listens, really listen and ask himself what is being said and then understand it. You see, understanding something means this. It means you have to go through a work of the mind. The work of the mind to understand. And you know in Proverbs, we quote it all the time, and all you're getting, get understanding. And yet you don't even understand that. What is understanding? And, 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 and it's, it's, it's just this, what I'm getting ready to say. Understanding is, is answering some basic questions. Who? What? When? Where? How? Why? When you hear the word of God, do you ask yourself these questions in order for you to understand what he is saying? Because at any point you don't understand those six things, you need to stop and do some what? Some, some study. What is God telling me to do? He said, for those who understand now my teaching, they will watch this produce. Knowledge will change you. I'm going to say it again. Knowledge will change you. I don't care what knowledge is. It will change you. Now, I, now, I remember, I, I mean, it, it, I was raised up in the hood. Yes, I was. I was raised up in the hood. I wasn't, I, I, no exclusive community other than we all was given, getting government food. And by the way, this government food is coming out now. Ain't going to be like the ones back then when we coming up. So being, being that uh, w when I was growing up, it, it was three of us boys in one bedroom with one closet. You're not listening to me. We didn't have the best of life and the best of things. All right? I used to work, and you heard me tell you this before. I'm going to tell you again. As kids, we used to work in my grandfather's uh, gas station we had. My grandfather owned a gas station, and uh, we went there to pump gas to make a little money, you know, for ourselves. I won't be long. Therefore, I was around men all the time that had um, dirty fingernails. I'm going somewhere. 
So the only thing that I knew when it came to a man and how he looked was that uh, one of the things that set him out that he had dirty fingernails. When I took a bath and got through, I would go out and put my nails in the dirt so that I have what? And it wasn't until I met a young lady that had a little more knowledge than me to look at me and say, why are your fingernails dirty? And I told her, I said, what's wrong with them? She said, they're not supposed to be dirty. I didn't know no better. And she cleaned them for me, told me, now keep them clean. Knowledge will change you. And when we get the word of God, it's supposed to change us. And when Jesus says that when you understand and get this knowledge, then you will produce a harvest or you will produce some good things. Good things come out understanding the word of God. And it will make a difference in your life. So the point is, is when you hear God's word, you cannot doubt it with things of this world. You some of y'all sitting here right now and say, well, he's taking too long. See, that's a hindrance. Some of you are already thinking about what you're getting ready to do while listening to me, which means you're not really listening. You're just hearing. When we receive the word of God, we got to listen, understand it, and produce from it. What are your hindrances? What are they? We all got them. We all got hindrances to keep us from doing what God has asked us to do. When it comes down with our time, our talent, our finances, we all got hindrances that keeps us from doing what God has asked us to do. And they become real in our life. And they become an acceptable excuse for us. Jesus says, that won't produce a harvest for you. That won't produce what God wants to produce in you by using these hindrances. Some of us only like to come to church when the baby sings. That's a hindrance because you got three other Sundays that the baby don't sing that you need to come because it takes every bit of who you are to be a part of the, uh, uh, watch this, the gathering of God's people that God has need of. I realize that uh, now that we got a, a 
our spirit field uh, choir director, uh, the boat the boat is getting full. And I had to ask myself this question. I said, well, how come the boat wasn't full before? I don't know. That's, see, that's what Jesus tells us to do. He wants us to understand. Why the boat wasn't full before? And, and I went through a series, which I'm not going to share with you. I went through a series of thoughts what possibly could could be some of the problems, which 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 was, you know, but but watch this. What I do know for sure, since we have a very spirit-filled director, watch this. Everybody likes to get on success. Everybody likes to get on success. But let something be unsuccessful. We can't find you. Where were you when? Where were you when we only had two? Well, that choir don't sound right. Mm -mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Huh? What about tithing? What's hindering you from paying your tithe? Is it the cares? Is it your money? You don't have enough of it? What about your time? What's keeping you? You know, I got some people that says to God, I only want to do this. And that's all. What about your talent? Some of you guys can, can really work ministries here with your talent, but you, you don't want to tell nobody. Don't want to tell nobody you're good at, at hospitality or, or usher or, or maybe some ministries we haven't even formed yet, but you don't want you, you to say nothing about it because you just want to come and go home. But you have to understand that God has called us to give him everything that we are. And we can watch, we can watch this, be successful at what we do if we go by the way of God and his teaching. You cannot, you, you really cannot receive until you give. Haven't you figured that out yet? You got to give in order to. That means your time, your talent, and your finances. Folks say to me, I'm so tired of the church, I'm always begging for money. Uh, well, Maybe if you listen to what I'm getting ready to say, not hear, but listen to what I'm getting ready to say. Well, we're not begging for money. We're asking you to give what God has told you to give. Did you listen to that? 
And number two, if you give what God has told you to give, then we wouldn't have to beg. When the last time you went up to uh, Clayton County uh, Courthouse and told them, look here, I just got my Avalon taxes and everything on my car and it went up. And I'm not going to pay them. Now you went up, and you didn't even ask me, but you went up anyhow. This costs too much, and I'm not going to pay you. When the last time you went up and told IRS, now look here, you gave me, you took too much money out of my, in fact, I was supposed to get some money, and you didn't give it to me. Now we ain't going to do this this year, now, are we? Last time you look at your grocery bills and saw the tax on there, and said, "Well, that's too much taxes. I am not going." You see, you don't do the government like you don't do anybody else like that, but God. You know why you do God like that? Because God is not a God that forces you to do anything. He asks. He asks you to give. Well, 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 well. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. Ooh, that's ooh, that's good time now. Y'all write this down. Watch, watch, watch this. Let me see how I'm going to say this. One of, the busy, one of the biggest hindrances, I think, to church is these big churches, mega churches. I, I don't have a problem with mega churches. I have a problem with mega churches and how you see them. Because, see, what goes on in mega churches? Do not go on in small churches. Amen. 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 Now, we, he, 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 here's, here's what I'm going to say to you. Please, don't judge New Morning Light. I'm just using New Morning Light because, I, I mean, this is where I am. This is where you are. Uh, uh, John Gray don't pastor this church. John Gray and his wife don't go to this church. So now, this is a hindrances that I think you need to remove. Stop saying that's the problem I have with churches because of what one person does. Okay? Now, <clears throat> these guys to make I, I, you know, I don't know how they run their finances. I just know how we run finances here, and it ain't like that. And don't you judge this church on other churches and what they do or do not do with their finances. Amen. Understand that you have to judge us 
on what we do here. Now, you really need to listen to that. Understand that God has given each church a responsibility and a mission and a vision to do, and he expects us to do our Don't not give your time and your talent and your finances based on another church. Look at what we are doing here. And then give according to what God has given you. Some of you guys, we need of your talent. And you're holding out on it. We need your time. You're holding out on it. We need your finances. You're holding out on it. We got a lot of things to do. We got a lot of things to do. And this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is simply telling us, watch this. Listen. Understand and obey. Listen, understand, obey. Listen, understand, obey. And what hinders us from obeying is that we doubt the word of God. And the word of God will always stand true no matter what man does. The word of God stands true. The word of God stands true. And that's what Jesus is telling us to do. Don't doubt, understand, do. Don't let hindrances come in our way and block us because a lot of stuff will, will hinder us. Uh, Paul said this. Paul said this. Paul said, uh, uh, it's, you know, it might be to your advantage to not to get married. It's better, probably better for you not to get married. You know why he said that? He said that because he knew, based on his experience, that when you get married, it can be a hindrance. <laughs> and you wonder why Everybody madly trying to get married. When Paul says it's a hindrance. But you know why? You madly want to get with somebody? Because, watch this. God made it so that when he made us, that we were made to be together. Not separate. But wait a minute. Why is it that Paul will say it's better for us not to get together? When God put us together and want us to be together. Have you thought about that for a minute? Have you thought about that for a minute? Have you thought about that for a minute? Well, 
you, you, you know why Paul said that? Paul said that because of this. Some people are not made to be made. They are set aside to do the work of the Lord so there won't be no hindrances. You're not listening to them because some of you are saying, well, I think I was one of them that one shouldn't have been married. Well, you didn't say that now after you got married. But we were made to be together, and watch this. Understanding communication is important in a relationship. And that's one of the first things that we ought to learn and do is know how to communicate with each other. Now, I'm going to say this in my close. I, how many times I close tonight? No, no I got to get up to the Baptist level. I got to get up to five times. I need to close five times. Okay, help. Watch this. <clears throat> you know what I like about video games? You know what I like about video games? Because I don't knock, I don't knock young folks playing video games. I don't knock. I don't knock. Because I think it's an excellent tool to help you to learn about relationships. Do you see that? Do you see that? You don't see that, do you? Because see. See, see, this, this knowledge is going to change your life. This knowledge is going to change. If you didn't get nothing out of my message, you ought to get something out on this one. Yeah. I might want to take up a collection for this knowledge. Let me tell you why video games is good. One thing about a video game is when you play a video game, you start off on level one. Now, I don't care how long you play level one. If you don't complete level one, you won't go to level two. You can be on level one for a whole year and a half, but you will never get to level two until what? And once you get level one completed, then they move you to what? Level two. And that level two is a little harder than what? Level. And you won't get to level three until what? And you won't get to level four until you what? Okay, now you got it, don't you? Now just look at it in relationship. If you treated your relationship like a video game, until you completed the right level of communication, before you move on to the next level in your relationship, what kind of relationship do you think you have? And once you've completed one level of communication, then now you can move to the second. But if you know if you don't ever complete that one, what if you have to complete the first level of finances? And until you until you get it right, only thing you're gonna get is pennies. You ain't even getting no nickels. 
Mingino dying, you know, done. Until you complete that level. You see, that's the problem with the school system. The school system will pass you on and just get you out of there. And don't you know God won't do you like that? God will not let you go to the next level until you completed the first level. Now, y'all, I ought to get a witness now. Until you get it right where you are, he ain't going to move you to the next one. Now, you can call yourself, well, I'm just going to move on anyhow. <laughs> You'll find a messed up life until you get it right. God doesn't skip you on. Just like the video games, it don't skip you on because you've been there a long time. I don't care how long you've been married. I don't care how long you've been dating. Until you get the levels right. And one of the things that we have to learn how to do is love. One of the greatest hindrances of Christians is that they haven't learned how to love. Now, they love people they want to love, but they haven't learned how to love. As soon as I don't treat you right, I don't love you no more. Friendship. If you don't agree with me, I don't love you no more. You ain't in my circle. And Jesus says, get this clear. You got to love one another. I have a person tell me all the time when they see me. You know what they say? I love you. And I, you know what I tell them? I say, you got to. <laughs> no, you got to. You can laugh if you want to. You got to love me. That is the word. Don't act like you're doing me a favor. That's what you're supposed to do. Christ-like, love me. And everything I do, you ain't going to like. But you got to love me. Now, Jesus says, I understand that. Listen and understand that. Listen. Understand, obey. 23rd verse, that's, Jesus, that's what Jesus was saying. You got to remove doubt. Doubt is a hindrance to God's word. And a lot of things can come in your mind to make you doubt what God is asking you to do. But you got to walk by faith. Walk by faith. And you got to, no, you got to really understand what walking by faith means. Walking by faith means no evidence. And if you want to understand that, when you start doing God's will and something stops you, ask yourself, what is stopping me from doing God's will? And you will find out it's either a hard head or you faking it to make it. You got a lot of cares in your, in your life. You want to be rich and famous, and you want to spend all your time doing nothing. Look here. I want to ask you something. Do you... 
for those who really want to make a difference in their life. For those who really want to make a difference in their life. Let me ask you a question. Do, 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 do you really want Christ in your life? Do you really want Christ in your life for those who want to make a difference in your life? Do you really want Christ in your life? No, no, do you really want Christ in your life? Well, you, you know what it means to have Christ in your life? It means to have somebody who's going to take care of you. Now, I know you say, I can take care of myself. And, you know, I'm going to say it like I'm in the hood. Use a lie. You can't take care of yourself. You cannot take care of yourself. That means, watch this, for those of you who's trying to find happiness, I don't know how much of that you're going to find. I don't know how much happiness you're going to find. Man, you go out there and buy a new car, you're happy for a month until in Atlanta, they're going to hit you in three months. <laughs> Tear your car up, you just got it. Just barely got them insurance on it. <laughs> now your happiness gone. You were happy when you had your Christmas savings and you played Santa Claus and you just got that credit card bill in this month. And there it went. Now what I'm trying to tell you with Christ, he would give you unspeakable joy. And you can't understand that because you got all these things in your head that's keeping you from understanding that God is able to give you joy and peace beyond your understanding, which means no evidence of it, beyond your understanding. But in order, watch this, in order to get this, you got to experience Christ. How do I experience Christ? I accept Christ in my life, understanding that I can't do this myself. I need someone that is able to keep me. I experienced this. I experienced this a couple years ago. I think y'all remember this. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the house by myself. And I still love being in the house by myself. I'm getting ready to clear it out again. And, and this time, I ain't going to let nobody fool me into having somebody in there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Evangelist Hood, I get upset when you use, uh, when you use uh, uh, the, uh, the metal uh, spatula on a Teflon paint. I was on the treadmill, and, and I, I'm, I call myself getting in shape. Now, I'm like the rest of y'all. This year, I'm planning on getting rid of this belly. This, Cheryl, this going on about the sixth time. <laughs> we fall down. <laughs> I fainted on the treadmill. Why it was why it was running. 
And it, it, I'm not going to say I don't know how. I know how. It was God that woke me up. Treadmill was still going. Y'all remember? I scarred one side of my face and my arms and the whole nine yards. My sugar dropped on me. And it was God woke me up. And here's what's real interesting, that I know he's real. He even cut off the treadmill. And when I got up and called Pam, Pam rushed over there to see what's going on. I said, well, I'm all right now. You know how men are. All scarred up and everything. I'm all right now. But I got to thinking to really understand how Jesus saves. How Jesus is what I need and he's able to do anything but fail. I said, what if? He did not. But he did. And I said that to say this. I don't care what I say about Jesus Christ. You got to experience him for yourself. And when I offer Christ to you guys out there that don't have Christ, look at all these folk in here. All of us can't be crazy. Some of us are, but not all of us. Can't be crazy. It got to be a God somewhere that looks over us, that watch over us, that regulates our mind. You may take medicine for your blood pressure and all that stuff, but God. Keeps you living when your blood pressure goes sky high. I want to offer Christ to you. That's what I want to do, offer Christ to you. The Christ I'm preaching about, I want to offer him to you because he's able to keep you no matter what you go through. I want you to listen and understand and obey. How do you know that Christ is speaking to you? Because it's in your heart. It's in your heart. The conviction is in your heart. Something keeps pulling you. Say, you know you need to do this. And you know something about God? He ain't loud. He ain't loud. If you're trying to expect him to talk to you and the walls rattling, and all, he, he, God don't do that. He don't rattle no walls and whole nine yards. The Bible says he speaks silently, which means he speaks to your heart. And you just know. You just know. You just know. I started having some, some reactions now to my medicine because it's, it's, it's suppressing my immune system. Now I'm beginning to look like one of them mutant X-Men and everything. And when I went to the doctor, the, doctor, the, the, the dermatologist said to me, that's vascular. I go to a vascular doctor. They look at it, and they gave me this long name. I'm tired of them giving me long names. Give me the short version of what it is. Give me the English version of what it is. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, in, long name. Uh, in the end, they want to go in and cauterize, cauterize my, my blood vessels and all this crazy stuff. Now, here's where I'm going with this. I listened to all that, and I looked at me. This, this lady's supposed to be a specialist. But guess what? And listen to me, because God speaks to you. I'm trying to help somebody here who really needs to give their life to Christ. I say this. I kept feeling God saying to me, no, that's, no, no, that's not the problem. All the evidence they showed me seemed like I had that problem, some kind of vascular problem. And, and, and very softly, I heard God say, no, no, don't, don't do that yet. Don't do that yet. Now, he didn't tell me, you know, don't do that yet because she was wrong. He kept saying, don't do that yet. Don't do that yet. Have you ever experienced that? Now, I couldn't really put my finger on why I didn't go through with it all the way until I said, well, hold on, wait a minute. Watch this. My primary doctor, because you like stories. You like stories. You don't like the word. You like stories. The primary doctor quit on me. And I want you to know that Jesus will never quit on you as a primary care. Jesus won't quit on you as your primary care. He is your primary care. So I had to find me another. Now, all, hey guys, listen here. All my doctors now are women. Not because I want, it's hard to find black male doctors now. So I'm telling our young fellas, if God's calling you to be a doctor, let's be one because we don't have a whole lot of black male doctors. Young girl, 26 years old, I come walking in there. She looks at me. She looks at my chart. She goes over all that stuff real quick. She's a young girl, I didn't think she know anything or nothing, man. And then I told her about the problems I'm having with my skin and everything. Uh, she, she said, let me see. You know, and since I've been with, with, with female doctors, I don't have no problem, men. You know, taking clothes off so they can see it. You know, so, uh, that phobia, that's... <laughs> I'm talking about my health. <laughs> I don't care who see me, somebody. <laughs> She looked at me and said, nope, that's not vascular. No, that's some kind of rash. And she looked at me just like that. She said, you know, she said, didn't you say you had a kidney transplant? I said, yeah. She said, uh, you know, sometimes the medicine you take causes this kind of reaction. So I'm just looking at her going like, I've been on this for a long time. What you talking about? So she said, go back to your dermatologist. Same dermatologist sent me to the vascular doctor. I go back to her and say, my doctor told me for you to look at it again. She looked at it again. She looked at my feet, my back, my arms, the whole nine yards. She said, yeah, that's right. That's not vascular. See, that's why you need Jesus. <laughs> see, that, see, I ain't just telling this stuff to tell you my business. I'm trying to tell you something real and what God can do. Why you need him. 
She took, some, she took a biopsy, sent it off, and they said, yep. Said, That's a reaction from this uh, immune suppressive medicine. And so my vascular said, I want you to come in. We're going to sit down and have a plan and hold on yeah. Now, why I'm saying this, you see all that run around that I went through, but in the end, God kept watching over me. That's why you need him. You need Jesus. Everybody got a story to tell. It ain't just me. But don't sit here and act like you don't need Christ and Christ is speaking to your heart very softly. He says, go ahead. Come on, come on to me. Come on to me. And don't let things hinder you. Don't let your unbelief hinder you. Don't let what folks say about the church and what Christ has built hinder you. You know what he's saying in your heart. He's speaking very softly. So now I'm just asking you to come. I'm asking you to come. I'm asking you to come. If you haven't received Christ in your life, I'm asking you to make him the Lord of your life. And how you do that, you simply say, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I submit myself to you. I believe you rose from the dead, and you and, and watch this, and you sit on the right hand of the Father, which means you have all power in your hand. That's all it takes to receive Christ. If that's you, I'm just asking you to come. Now, which, maybe you're looking for another church home. I'm gonna tell you what. Good news, you're at a good home right now. I ask you to come. Watch, watch this. Watch this. Maybe you backslide. That's an easy fix. Jesus says, just turn from what you're doing, come back to me. Now, remember what Jesus said in the 23rd verse. For the one who listens, understands, obey, they produce good things. There you go. There you go. Come on. Come on. 